0: world i'm eric die i'm jeremy smith and i'm coach schneider and you're listening to church mag podcast number 145
1: but we really encourage churches to be on all three tv app platforms the primary ones roku amazon fire tv and especially apple tv which is, is seeing the fastest growth
0: this week's podcast is brought to you by jeremy's church tech devotional rebuilding this devotional can be done on your own or with an entire church tech team week by week day by day however you like. This devotional is for Church Tech by Church Tech. Learn more about rebuilding on the ChurchMag Press website at churchmag.press. That's churchmag.press. Church Tech Pro and VP of social media and innovation at Durham and Company, Nils Smith, joins the podcast this week as he sits down with Jeremy Smith for another fantastic interview for the Church Mag Podcast. If you'd like to join the conversation or ask a question, use the CMagCast hashtag or email us directly at podcast at ChurchMag. Now, let the fun begin. Welcome to another episode of the Church Mag Podcast. On this week's episode, we have an interview with Jeremy Smith and Nils. Smith, wait a minute! <laughs> Hold on a
2: second. Hold on a second. It's not nepotism. Are <laughs> related?
0: You are related. I mean, clearly you're related at some point.
2: We are not. We are not. Are you trying to tell me that all the Smiths in the world are not related in some way, Jeremy? I'm not <laughs> believing it. <that. laughs> when a daddy Smith loves a mommy Smith.
0: So was the, was there like a big meeting of multiple families, and they're like, "Hey, let's make our all, our names all the same." Come on, Jeremy. Well,
3: what's the history? I think it was. I think it actually, whenever people were coming over, um, it was the common name for people to adopt. So um, nine times out of ten, they just adopted the normal Smith name. But then there's also the random S M Y T H, which I don't even know how that's a thing, but whatever.
2: And I think there then there are some Smiths who were just criminals in the old country. And they're just hiding out and still. That's what it is. Did you just call Jeremy a criminal? There's a wanted poster in Bavaria with Jeremy's DNA on it. As a double helix. They don't know what he looks like now. It's been 120 years, but they they can trace his mitochondrial DNA. <laughs>
0: That's incredible. <laughs> so I just imagine, like on, you know, people are immigrating in the states, and there's a line of people, and they're like, "Crap, we need a last name." Uh, uh, what, what did they use? Smith. Smith. Our last name is Smith. That's funny. There's a lot of you. Well, it's one of the names they use for missing people. John Smith. You're right up there with Jones. Which is more popular? Is it Smith or Jones? Smith. Smith. I think it's it Smith.
3: Yeah, Smith is it's the Smith. most common uh, American last or uh, Western last name. But uh, but the Joneses are richer. They're more successful because mm-hmm. you're trying to keep up with them.
2: Well, there were two sets yeah. of Joneses, so just keep that in mind. That's oh. Oh my gosh, yeah. Deep cut. Mr. Die! That was a fantastic. Jeff mourn the distance you reference. You are oh welcome. Goodness. I know
0: I went the distance with that one. I need to stop. Yeah. Okay, no, that's a dad joke. No, there is, is this. An, is this like an old person thing? Maybe I it was a, a, a CCM thing. Hey, 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 Phil. We, we don't need to do talk about any more of this. Okay, oh. so t- <laughs> tell us the, the the thing about Nils. I, I remember when I I first I interviewed Nils quite a, a few years ago. And I always, in my mind, called him Niles Smith, but it is definitely not Niles. Oh, do not do that. I know, right? Whew. So did you do that? Or did you already know how to pronounce his name? I know how to pronounce his name. Right, naturally, because you're related. Okay, so tell us a little (laughs) bit about... Hello. (laughs) Hello. how come you had what what, uh why did you interview so nils
3: has a whole bunch of things going on he has his hand in like 10 different furnaces but one of the things that he's doing right now that i think is really cool and hasn't i haven't seen a lot of conversation outside of what he's been doing is uh tv apps um Putting streaming for TV for your church. And so we talk about this idea of doing streaming and trying to make sure churches are really kind of engaging in that process. And obviously there's different kinds of streams like Facebook and stuff. Um, but one of the things that he is working on is streaming to TV apps, including like Netflix and Roku and, um, Google Chrome. So you can get an app for, uh, the Google store. So he has a business that he's running with that. And it's a really cool idea of, is this an option for the future and what, what could churches do and why is this different than any other kind of streaming? Like with Facebook or whatever.
2: Hey, did you say he has his hands at a lot, at a lot of furnaces, a lot of fires, I think you meant. I think you meant irons in the fires yeah. and hands in pies. <laughs> I I will put my hand in a pie. It will still be hot, but it's deliciously hot. I'm not putting my hand in a fire, let alone multiple fires. No, to me
3: that's a motto. You were never at those smith retreats. You don't know what me and <sighs> do, okay. Well, they are. Well, you know what? They are. They are.
2: They are smithing. Yeah, they're blacksmithing. Cause that's what it is. <laughs> You need to... You know, he's just hands in the blast furnace. He's he's working on steel in there. That's what he's what doing. Gets
0: me is... During Jeremy explaining that entire thing and setting everything up, you were sitting on that joke. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I was, I, I thought, Oh, this is going to hatch in a few minutes and I'm going to be so happy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay. So in the interview, you guys, what you just talk about general TV apps. Yeah. Well, we, we talk about all the different options as far as streaming and then why
3: would this, something like this work out and yeah. uh, kind of the, the general. I don't necessarily like to sit in the moments because if you're trying to do something for your church, that's in the moments you're probably already behind and um, just to catch up with working with your church board and budgeting and all that stuff, you're already a year behind. So this is that conversation of what's happening, developing now so that people can have this conversation in the next year or two.
2: Yeah. We, uh, we just started streaming um, probably about four months ago. And it's, it's pretty. It's pretty awesome because we we won't go, we waited we waited too long. We wanted to get into it sooner, but we've we have the quality now. We went we went went nice and bought the, a live wedge to run it with. I'll probably do a blog post on it hopefully soon, but. We no sooner started it than we had um, a service in December where it snowed and some folks couldn't come, so we had folks on the stream. We did a Christmas Eve service and some folks couldn't come, so they used the stream. And then just last Sunday, we had freezing rain. um, Or we had reports of it. It really wasn't that bad, but some folks couldn't come. My wife ended up being sick, so she and my daughter were able to uh, watch the stream on our iMac in the uh, dining room.
0: Yeah. Now, What I think is interesting, Phil, is that I remember a few years ago you were one of the one of the churches or one of the proponents that was really pushing back and saying, hey, not everyone needs to stream, not everyone needs to stream. So I find it interesting that, you know, over the course of time and the way things have kind of evolved and whatnot, that now, you know, at one point you were the church that would not stream, and now you are one that will stream. I,
2: I don't think we ever were one that would not stream. We were just one that realized that was that could not be our focus at the time. We had other technical issues to, do, to deal with. And so I think the answer, I think the stance should be now, but not but not never, you know, now, but not never, you know, it's interesting
3: interesting you say that because in the conversation we actually have the conversation that a lot of people are saying streaming in itself is not worth it. And so why would something like a TV app be worth it? Um, Because there's a lot of people that would say as much as it's good um, it's not amazing. And in fact, one of the issues that streaming has is that, that, Problem of distractibility. If you're sitting in church, you can always go to your phone, but you're still present. Whereas if you're streaming and you get distracted, you can just go to the new app, or go to the kitchen, or go tend to your crying baby.
2: Right, right. I I think the I think that the idea of uh, streaming comes down to what's the what is the intent. And if your intent is to replace going to church, well, then it's not going to work. If your intent is to supplement your absence. You
3: know, OK, that's what it's for. Well, and, but and that being said, streaming on a TV app, where is your fixed TV in your living room makes for a completely different situation. If you think about it, oh, when totally. you consume YouTube on your mobile device, it's a much different experience than when you are consuming video that's from Comcast or something that's on your TV, like a, a on demand video that you've purchased.
0: Mm-hmm. So it's more you're thinking it's more it's more engaging because you can't take it with you. It's more captivating.
3: Kind of the
2: conversation because you're, cause you're actually watching it in the watching environment. You're not watching it on the on the go, right, Jeremy?
0: Yeah, yep, yeah. yep. I agree. I have to listen to the interview. Okay, fine. Well, listen to the interview.
3: All right, guys. So I have Nils Smith with me here for the Church Mag podcast. And Nils, can you just give a little background for those that have not somehow seen your work because apparently they don't use the internet? (laughs) I
1: appreciate you guys having me on. Um, A little bit about my background. About seven years ago, uh, I became the social media pastor at Community Bible Church in San Antonio, Texas, and we we launched onlinechurch.com, and a lot of things kind of morphed out of that and a lot of work with social media and so group publishing about four years ago asked me to write the book social media guide for ministry and so it's been a fun ride you know with that and then doing a lot of consulting and most recently i, I moved uh, my family from new york uh to dallas texas to join and company um here in dallas and so we i work now as a full-time consultant helping ministries maximize social media and new technology so it's uh we're having a lot of fun and a lot of a lot of different interesting and exciting projects I've been able to work on.
3: So that's the the kind of the front with everything, but then you also are working on social media church podcasts, which may or may not be called that in the future. But uh, tell us a little bit about that as well. Yeah, you know,
1: so uh, DJ Chuang started the social media church podcast uh, probably about four years ago uh, and I was privileged to be the second guest on the podcast and so he and I had a long friendship and, and a couple years ago he asked me if I would be willing to take the reins of it and and, um, and we actually made the handoff while having dinner at Jay Cranda's apartment uh, in in Orange County and at uh, you know from there Jay and I took over the podcast and we've had a lot of fun so we just you know basically talk social media a lot of online church and Uh, new media conversations for church leaders and and try to do some various interviews. So we're having a blast with that. And we've launched a blog out of that. We've launched uh, Social Media Church uh, University with some courses. And so it's been a fun, fun ride and learning a lot about podcasting in the process.
3: That's awesome and and I know one of the big things that we want I want to talk to you about today that we haven't talked much I don't think on churchmag period let alone we haven't talked about it at all with churchmag podcast is that you are working with TV apps for churches
1: Yeah, yes yeah, so, yeah, so Jay and I you know jay and I out of the podcast even before the podcast developed a, a really close friendship and um and and really along the same lines of doing online church online ministries. And uh, we we had a lot of conversations about TV apps and and really seeing a lot of potential there, but the tech you know the technology was really lagging, and at the end of the day, Apple drives so much of of mass adoption of technology so we saw roku and even amazon fire tv and we had built those apps for our churches and honestly we paid twenty thousand dollars plus for each app and they weren't flexible they really weren't dynamic in nature uh they were just functional uh and we knew that most churches couldn't afford you know a subpar expensive application for tv so it just wasn't a uh, an option, and so when Apple made the announcement, and Tim Cook made an announcement saying the future of TV is apps, uh, we said, man, this is going to be a big opportunity for churches. We have to, we have to figure out, you know, a partner, or somebody that we can make an affordable and powerful um, TV app for churches. And so we uh, reached out to a friend who had actually helped me at CBC in building a TV app, and said, we we have to drop a price, drop down the price point, and we have to make it. Um, you know, powerful and affordable for, for churches. And so we, we kind of got to work on uh, TV app development and uh, really I've been blown away by what, what's been built. And um, and, and so now, we, you know, we built a platform where churches can have a TV app for as low as $75 a month. Uh, but really, you know, are, are we, so we have multiple packages, uh, but, but we really encourage churches to be on all three TV app platforms. The primary ones: Roku, Amazon Fire TV, and especially Apple TV, which is, is seeing the fastest growth of all of them. And it's unbelievable what's possible now for any church, you know, of any size, to get on an Apple TV or a Roku.
3: Now, before we go down the road of if churches should do something like this, in the back of my mind, the inherent thing that is going on that initially when I saw this was this co- this whole conversation of apps versus other forms of media. And if we think about like the church website in general, the conversation for the past three years probably has mm-hmm. been, do I do a church website that's mobile responsive and is going to be extremely expensive just to redo, or do I go the route of having a just generic church website, but then have the the application on the phone as well, which is going to be extremely expensive. And there's two different platforms to manage, right. but if we have the application, then you can work with it. Even if you're in podunk ohio and or if the the application is in the church and there's terrible service in there or whatever else could be and as it played out over the last three years my own personal experience has been that you having a website application on your phone 95 percent of the time is not very effective because it's not maintained or um, you have to continue to pay for developments with that process or you really probably should just have a mobile site in the first place because You just simply are not doing it well. And one thing says one thing and the other one says another thing. And it really just kind of flaked out. And so now at this point in time, when you have the church TV or the TV app, you also have live streaming as well, which is, I'm assuming how you get the video to the application itself. And so inherently the question is, how is this not the same thing as the, just the mobile app versus the website, as opposed to TV versus live streaming?
1: Sure, Uh, and it's a great it's a great point. It's it's interesting with mobile. You know, the trends of mobile and as mobile responsive uh, websites became more and more the norm, and more and more just you know you could get a Squarespace site and be mobile responsive at a low price. So I you know it's it's an interesting trend from a mobile standpoint, and I think you can argue both sides. Uh, of that conversation. The reality of TV, though, is you're either, you know, people can stream it through Vimeo or YouTube's applications or you need to have your own app. You can't – there's no Safari. There's no browser Mm -hmm. on a TV. And so to get your content onto a TV, it – it really requires having an application and so that and and then you know even as you look historically you used to have to have a license with a local TV station to get on TV so now there are applications you can get on uh, in, in a different mean but uh, it's, it, I think it's, it's a very different conversation than mobile, uh, mobile websites versus mobile apps. Uh, I think both sides of that conversation have legitimate points. And I think realistically, it matters you know, where your budget is, uh, where I think this is a totally different form of engagement, you know where mobile, mobile engagement is really you're on the go. Engagement. You know, you're, you're uh, looking for maybe a two-minute video clip or you're looking for some news and announcements or you're looking to kind of make a donation while you're in the, the service, where a TV experience is you're going to sit on your couch. You know, this is a, a destination experience where you're probably going to sit and watch something for 30 minutes to an hour. Um, and so it's, it's a totally different form of engaging an audience um, in a different medium.
3: When I think in general, I know that there's a lot of live streaming out there and I'm not against it, but I also know, just like you had said, I look at my own son who's four of how he uses mobile versus how he does TV. And I think inherently there's a lot of stuff that happens with adults too, in that process of mobile. I'm it's the second screen. It's the one where I get distracted by Facebook in about two seconds. And then I think about a good blog article I want to write. And all of a sudden I'm not doing the thing I originally was doing. Right. And Brady Shearer talks about a grade of, don't have long form stuff like that for your TV or for your computer and for your mobile device, because people just get so distracted. My son can't stay on one application for the life of him. And, and yet with the TV mentality, the sitting down planning yourself of this is what's going to happen. And even in a situation like with my wife who thinks about three different chores she needs to do, she always comes back to that as it's playing in the background or something like that. Um, I think that I think that there's just a community aspect with that that I think would be much more appropriate with a TV application. And I'm also guessing that using something like YouTube every single time you're going to have to search for it and, and right. pull it up and let it be playing in that moment. And the applications for the TV, Apple TV or Chromecast or wherever else are not right. very friendly most yep. times in that process. So having an application where you just click it and it pulls it up probably is much better, much more of a smooth experience for people.
1: Yeah. You know, and I, and I don't want to go on a long sales pitch uh, for the technology, but one of the things that, because I, Jay and I both work in churches or, or, you know, I was working in a church. So I understand that the, the, Uh, even the complication of adding one more aspect of workflow of, okay, now we've got to add this video to this, we've got to schedule it and do these various moving parts. Uh, One of the things we, we set up with uh, the platform is is really it just automatically taking your existing uh, workflows and integrating them into the platform so Vimeo for instance is is one of our integrations where when you upload your video to Vimeo and you put it in a certain playlist or work you know um, you know however you have your Vimeo channel structured it will automatically pull into the app the application in the same way. So you don't even have to log into the application. It will automatically pull in that video. Or when you schedule another live stream, you know, we're integrated with media fusion or stream monkey and several other streaming providers that when you, when you add a new live stream, that's automatically integrated into the app. And so you don't even have to, you know, hopefully uh, it's just set, set and forget uh, kind of system where the only thing you're checking are the analytics to see who's engaging and how, how much and how often. Uh, yeah. so it it can be though, quite complicated, we should look at mobile apps too, um, and our you know at c b c our mobile app was totally different from our website, and so every sermon, every video, every piece of content we had to add to the website, we had to add to the uh, mobile app, and maybe that was just five minutes, but it is tedious and and when you could take away five minutes a week uh that that adds up significantly
3: absolutely and 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 maybe one of the good questions since you 've been in this realm and thinking about it for a while, what are some tips that people do of broadcasting? video from their church that maybe are some things that you just need to kind of think about and ultimately live stream tv or the tv app they're probably inherently the same thing in that whole process what are some things that churches if they're looking to get into this or maybe even just some common mistakes for people that are already doing this what are some things that they need to just keep their eye on as they're doing it sure i i think
1: you know the the one of the advantages that we see to TV apps is that the the platform is actually optimized for what churches most naturally do. And so as we create worship services and we live stream worship services that are generally an hour to an hour and a half, uh, you, it's much more natural to watch that on a TV than it is to watch it on a mobile device or even on a desktop device. So I, I think there's one, just using your, your natural content that, that's already there or your 30-minute sermons um, you know, function great on a TV app. The other that we're seeing, that, that I think is really exciting is, is more and more churches using TV apps for small groups. And so they're able to create small group curriculum for all of their small groups to do so that as they gather in homes or they gather in Sunday school classrooms, they can simply open the TV app and push play. And maybe it's a five-minute announcement video or maybe it's a video teaching, but it, but it's able to engage through the TV in a really effective way, and I think a lot of small groups have been doing that if they had a techie in the group who could who knew how to connect their computer to their TV, um, or do some of that. But now it's even easier by actually having a TV app and just clicking a couple buttons uh, into into the church app and and opening up that play play spot. And so that I would say that's the function that we're seeing that we're most excited about. Um, and other churches are seeing, and I think it's even one of those things that smaller churches are, are beginning to engage with as well, that it can, be, it can be complicated for a small church to record their worship services when, you know, the audio issues and, and uh, some, some of that kind of stuff, but ca- capturing a quick video for small groups uh, to be on the same page or get the same teaching uh, is, is really seeming to be a, a great asset
3: uh, to many churches. So are you talking very high quality produced videos at this point that people are doing for small groups with the with the church app?
1: No re- really not I mean uh, we're, we're seeing is a lot of you know even even iPhone quality videos that maybe they set their iPhone on a tripod um, and but they're but they're able to just engage in that medium that that's just a little you know having that bigger screen is a more engaging for that type of audience and so usually they're five to fifteen minute videos uh, for their small groups. I will say that quality becomes more important as you go to a TV. And so when you're consuming, you know, content on your mobile device, you can, you know, because you can't hear it as good or you can't see it as, as you know, large, uh, the quality is, isn't as necessary. Um, right now, you know, the, the TV, you can see it all and you can hear it better. So I think quality is more important. What we're seeing, though, is that people are steadily improving in quality, but they're just getting content up there and, and they're getting to know the platform and figure out how to use it because it's such a new technology and a new medium. them to use. They're not sure how to use it uh, and what all they can do. So I think the natural first step for people is to put their video sermons on there uh, and then start live streaming. But I'd say the next step uh, and maybe the first step for many is starting to put some smaller curriculum that you make internally, even if you're just recording with a with a mobile phone.
3: So this is in some ways a culture shift if they decide to go with something like this of instead of just inviting people to get into the service, it's a complete shift of trying to engage the church in a multitude of different ways. And so kind of going all in, in video. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing I would say, at least in this process is, as you had said, the quality of it is you look at a TV screen and this is just something I inherently do. And I don't know if you have any tips like this, Um, having done video production for a little bit, um, just watch a show and see how many times they do a jump cut and it's mm. amazing how just a super Hollywood produced movie or TV show just constantly jumps mm. in how they produce it. And then you try to introduce, after how many years of TV that's been in America, you try to introduce a single viewpoint live stream of the worship service and say, okay, that's good enough for our church. Um, you are producing content, you are doing exactly what you said, but then when you start to look at that quality aspect of things, that's just one single vantage point that kinda of plays out and it's amazing how I would do a just a two camera jump cut and how much more that takes um. Yep time for the person to just really focus on that and, and that's just video in general and then just be able to have that video switcher and, and whatever else you would like to do with that yeah you know we and
1: we're, we're constantly pointing people to you know mutual friends of, of ours uh brady shearer and uh, sean cannell who, who put out so many great tips and tricks around video and, and the reality is you know with cameras like the Mivo that just came out or uh, you know the the new iPhone and, and Samsung. You know the cameras on there is unbelievable are unbelievable. And if you just you know you simply hook in a, a wired lavalier mic, and make sure you're using, you know natural light well. You can you can get some pretty high quality video without spending a lot of money. But a lot of it is in how you execute it, uh, not necessarily the the hardware that you have.
3: And that can come with time. So, yep. it, as you, as I kind of indicated, the idea of making this a culture is something that just you slowly transition into that process. It's not something you have to have a whole budget filled out for all of 2017 to get into that process. It's a, here's a strategy for 2017, and if this works, then we can justify an even bigger budget and maybe an even bigger budget after that of actually being successful with that process. That's right. I love it, man. Thanks for joining us for this. Uh, For people that want to try to catch you online, just to see what all you're kind of putting out there for the internet, where would would be one place that they definitely need to connect with you?
1: Yeah, if you just go to nilsmith.com, N-I-L-S smith.com, and that's where my blog lives and links to all my social networks.
3: Awesome, man. Thanks for being on here with us. Thanks, man.
0: Send us an email, subscribe, and search for previous episodes of the Church Mag podcast by visiting Church Mag. You find a link on the main menu. Go to churchm.ag. That's Church Mag, churchm.ag. And while you're hanging out on Church Mag, send us a message and subscribe to the Church Mag podcast so you can receive an early release of the show every Friday. Until next week. No ratatat,
2: ratatat. Okay. Yeah, the, the the quick fire, you know, joking and stuff. You got it. You got it. <laughs> you did not get it. Sorry. <laughs> no. So we figured, out, we figured out which one of you two can make actual, uh, can make sem- semi-authentic uh, childhood gun sounds. That was my life.
3: That, that was better. Let's not even question that.
2: Was that Dud? It was. It, <laughs> was. it was. It
3: was. Don't <laughs> in
2: the sand. T- bunch of commies D- D- in the trench going, hit the deck, and then nothing blows up at all.